This is the Cross of Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. On August 16th, 2020, we continued our sermon series, On the Road Again, Jesus Has Left the Building. Pastor Mark Havel preached from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 31. I can't wait to get on the road again. I can't wait to get on the road again. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you've given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him. When I come back, I'll repay you whatever more you spend. Jesus asked, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The lawyer said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. So the parable of the Good Samaritan is one of the first stories that came to mind when I thought about this notion of being on the road for a sermon series this month. It's the parable most of us have heard so much it may have lost some of its punch over the years. I feel like we've learned to serve it up sweet and good and nice in Sunday school and vacation Bible school for the kids, but like so much else in scripture, we forget to add the hard stuff back in so much of the time once we've grown up and moved on from Sunday school and VBS. In the case of this morning's well-loved parable, That might be because when you add the hard stuff back in, a good Samaritan is pretty hard to come by. But as hard as it can be, I found a couple of examples worth talking about and learning from modern day good Samaritans, I mean. One was a woman I've known about for years, frankly. I'm surprised I've never preached about her before. 
but I double checked to make sure this wouldn't be a rerun. Um, and I think that she came to mind because we've been having such hearty discussions in our White Fragility book study the last couple of weeks. Her name is Keisha Thomas. She's an African-American woman who in 1996, when she was just 18 years old, protected a white man believed to be a supporter of the Ku Klux Klan from getting his butt kicked, or worse, at a protest, anti-protest up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. By protest, anti-protest, I mean to say that there was a Klan rally and a crowd of anti-Klan protesters showed up as well. In the midst of the anti-Klan protesters then walked a middle-aged white guy wearing a Confederate flag on his t-shirt and sporting an SS tattoo, both obvious symbols declaring his allegiance with the white supremacists, not with the good guys there to protest against them. So once he was identified and called out by the crowd, he was then knocked down and beaten by the crowd. Until 18-year-old Keisha Thomas stepped in to shield and to protect him, stopping the attack. A good Samaritan indeed. Back in 2011, just a year after, a day after um, New Year's Eve and a New Year's Day worship service in Alexandria, Egypt, there was a suicide bombing that killed a handful of Christians leaving that worship service. As is often the case, radical Islamic terrorists were blamed for the attack, though I'm not sure if that was ever confirmed. Still, as is the way of the world, protests erupted and prayer vigils ensued on all sides in and around the city. And in the meantime, some good Samaritan moments happened. Faithful Muslims showed up to pray in solidarity with their Christian neighbors. And then Christians in gratitude and humble solidarity surrounded those praying Muslims in protection as they prayed. Good Samaritans, again, on both sides. More recently, there was that Tree of Life massacre in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, just a couple of years ago, where 11 people were killed during morning worship services in that synagogue. The following day, a crowdfunding campaign was organized by the Muslim American community led by a guy named Tarek El-Masidi, specifically, with a pretty modest goal of raising $25,000 as a gesture of kindness and solidarity and healing and to help with funeral expenses for those who were murdered. Ultimately, the campaign raised something like $240,000 and led to initiatives and relationships that persist to this day between the Muslim and Jewish faith communities there. I just saw a little bit about this story still being talked about on CNN last night. Another 
Good Samaritan, for sure. Which brings me back to the hard, holy questions raised by today's gospel and Jesus' parable about the original Good Samaritan. All of this begins and ends with questions, after all. And that lawyer gets the ball rolling when he asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asks him a couple of questions in return. What's written in the law? What do you find there? The lawyer answers correctly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor too as yourself. Then he asks another question. Who's my neighbor, though? And after that tale about the sad sack who gets robbed on the road beaten, left for dead, and all the rest. The story about the priest and the Levite who pass him by and the Samaritan who finally stops to help. Jesus wraps all of it up with still one more question. Not a moral, not a lecture, not a sermon, but a question. Which one was the neighbor? See, in Jesus' day, Samaritans weren't necessarily considered to be good or neighbors by those who would have been listening to Jesus that day. They were outsiders to those who considered themselves to be descendants of Abraham and rightful, faithful heirs of God's promises. I mean, to hear that a Samaritan would do a kind, gracious, loving thing for anybody would have been a surprise, maybe even an offensive surprise. By that I mean, Jesus' listeners might have rather died on the side of that road than have to admit that they'd been saved by a Samaritan. I learned that from Amy Jill Levine, who's a brilliant Jewish New Testament scholar, which is an amazing combination of things to say about yourself. A Jewish New Testament scholar. She goes as far to suggest that the Jewish lawyer in the story couldn't even bring himself to say Samaritan. Can't even admit that the Samaritan was the hero of Jesus' parable when Jesus finally asks him. He can only answer, perhaps begrudgingly, the one who showed the mercy. And all this reminds me of what Martin Luther King Jr. had to say about the Good Samaritan. When he taught about this parable, Martin Luther King Jr. suggested that the priest and the Levite, the otherwise righteous, God-fearing, chosen ones who should have known better and done differently, they asked the wrong questions as they saw and walked by that hurt and dying man on the side of the road. Martin Luther King Jr. suggests the big question in their heart of hearts was all about themselves. What's going to happen to me if I stop and help that stranger on the side of the road? The Samaritan, though, King says, asks a better, more faithful, compassionate, merciful question. The Samaritan wonders, what will happen to him? What will happen to the other if I refuse to stop and offer help? And so that's the kind of question we're called to ask, just the same. In each of the examples I shared with you today, those good Samaritans, the ones who showed mercy, did the hard, faithful, loving work of wondering about the other more than about themselves. That black woman rescued the white supremacists for crying out loud. Those Muslims in Egypt were praying for and being protected by Christians. 
Those Jews in Pittsburgh were loved generously and abundantly by their Muslim neighbors, all surprises according to the social order of things in our world, sadly, these days. And this is how we are called to be in the world these days, full stop, plain and simple. And I learned something else from Amy Jill Levine, that Jewish New Testament scholar this time around too. Nowhere in the Bible, in the biblical text about the stories of the Good Samaritans, do we hear the phrase, Good Samaritan? We've added that to the mix over the course of the last 2,000 years, but it is not something Jesus or the gospel writer ever says, Good Samaritan. This guy was just kind and merciful and loving and compassionate, and a neighbor. Full stop. Plain and simple, like a Samaritan is wont to be, presumably. Likewise, Keisha Thomas wasn't a good Black woman. She was just a brave, compassionate, merciful Black woman, as Black women are wont to be. Those Christians in Egypt And their Muslim brothers and sisters weren't good Christians and good Muslims. They were just faithful, compassionate, merciful Christians and loving Muslims, as Christians and Muslims are wont to be. And the same goes for Tarek al-Masidi, the Muslim man who responded to the pain of his Jewish neighbors in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. He wasn't a good or an exceptional Muslim necessarily, in spite of the fact that he was a Muslim. He was just a faithful, compassionate, kind, loving, merciful Muslim man because that's how Muslims are wont to be. Whether we are socialized to believe that or to expect that or to buy that or not. So let's start asking better grown-up adult kinds of hard questions, shall we? Let's behave more often like followers of Christ are called to behave. Let's hit the road and let's go and do likewise, as Jesus would say it. Let's wonder more often about the other, about the outsider, about the hurting, about the broken, the lost, the whatever. Let's see them each as our neighbor. And let's care for them with compassion and mercy, with grace and love, not because it's exceptional, but because God expects it of us. Not because it's exceptional, but because it is expected as a natural, grateful, faithful response from anyone who has received such compassion and care, such grace and love ourselves from the God we know in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.